happy Father's Day to all the dads. And man, thanks for coming out. Uh, want to uh, also, as we begin here, have we started the Facebook? We have. Um, <clears throat> welcome our Facebook audience. Let's give them a hand. Uh, some of them from uh, <clears throat> even maybe in Sri Lanka. And I want to give a, a shout out also to uh, uh, Pastor Kumar and Miriam. They are pastors that you as a church support. Uh, they're in Sri Lanka and they pastor the church in Colombo. And uh, he asked me a few weeks ago, I said, Pastor, would you share uh, to our leaders a men's message? And I said, sure. I don't have to fly 24 hours. <laughs> so by Zoom yesterday, we shared to, there was 69 uh, pastors and leaders that uh, dialed in, and uh, there was a number of, of uh, people that were not even saved. I heard 20 from the district of Jaffna. And um, uh, so we had a, a men's conference, and it was just amazing. And technology is wonderful, men. And so we could minister to them. But I just want to personally thank Pastor uh, uh, Kumar and Miriam and all that they're doing there in Sri Lanka and the honor to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. 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 How are we doing this morning? All right? Amen. Let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing. Father, I humble myself before you. I ask that you speak through me and give to God's people, what they need here today, I just bless the men. I thank you for it. I thank you for the many men that are here that are in desire and endeavor to, to, to be godly fathers, husbands, and to be uh, Christ-honoring in their life and their relationship. And so, uh, Lord, I just pray that the men would be encouraged today. We would be challenged and uh, to come up higher. Uh, so I pray for utterance here today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. You know, I've got a text here, and I want to talk to you about priests of the home. Priests of the home um, <clears throat> on Father's Day. You know, it's, it's been said a father is a man who carries pictures in his wallet where he once carried money. Uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 22, 23. Some of you go, I don't have any money in my wallet. <clears throat> my, my wife does. Ephesians 5, 22, 23. Let me just read the full text there, and then we'll focus on a few of these verses. How many with me say amen? amen. <clears throat> Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are many members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ in the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. A recent post and a read of a classified ad that was seen in the newspaper that read, complete set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Excellent condition. Never been used. Wife knows everything. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, let me read another joke to maybe get things going here. How many want to hear something funny? So a dad finds himself in front of the pearly gates and St. Peter explains that it's, it's not easy to get into heaven and there's some criteria before you enter and, and you can't, you know, just come in. He says, so for example, uh, was the, the man religious in his life? Did he attend church? And, and so the guy responds, no. So St. Peter says, no, that's not good. That, that's, that's actually pretty bad. Were you generous, he asks him. And did you give money to the poor? Did you give money to charity? Did you give money to the church? No, I didn't do anything. So St. Peter told him that that's really bad. That's really bad. He said, did he do any good deeds? Did you help your neighbor? Anything? No, I never did anything. So St. Peter now is really getting concerned and he's exasperated. And Peter says, look, everybody does something nice to someone. He said, work with me. I'm trying to help. Now think. And so the dad says, well, there was this old lady I came out of a store and found her surrounded by a dozen hell's angels. And they had taken her purse and they were shoving her around and they were taunting and abusing her. And so I got so mad, I, I threw my bags down and I fought through the crowd and I got her purse back. And then I, then I helped her up to her feet and then I went up to the biggest, meanest biker and he was full of tattoos and, and uh, I told him how despicable and how cowardly he was and how mean he was. And and then I ripped the earring out, and then I spit on his face. Wow, said Peter, that's impressive. When did this happen? About 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's get to the meat of the word. Amen. You know, we heard Edmund Burke say this statement, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. And actually, if you follow that back, uh, uh, John Kennedy made that statement, but it actually goes back to a reverend, Reverend Charles Aker, back in 1916, who actually made that statement. So, so what does the Bible say about the role of a godly father? What I'm finding out, and, and my kids tell me, and they said, Dad, they got me on this TikTok, and anyhow, it's, it's crazy. Uh, uh, but, you know, I've made a few, few fun little videos. It's amazing who's out there. There are billions of people that are on this thing. And anyhow, my, uh, my, my point is, is that they're, they're, my, my kids said, they said, Dad, this generation just doesn't know what to do. There's so many that just don't. Simple little things, like I fixed the faucet and put it on, and I have almost 3,000 views. You know, they just, they're looking for, how do you do stuff? I'm like, this is, this is a goofy thing. But this generation, they want to know how. They just want to know how we to live our lives. Just tell us. Don't always tell us what's wrong, what not to do. Come on, somebody. Tell us how. You know, what's the model? And how many of you know that the standard of God's word stays up here? Amen. And so the picture and the model of that, I want to talk about that here today, the role of a godly father. So you say, well, I'm not married. You know, hey, this is a great message for you. This is a great message for you because this will help you to grab a hold of this so when you are married, if you do choose someday, that you understand that there is, God has a pattern, that God has a picture. Amen? So uh, husbands and wives, let me just say this. Your relationship is not going to get any better with time. It's going to get better with knowledge. Right there, there's a revelation for some people. Because you just think, you know what? We just get through this, right? This season, we've all said that, husband and wife. Forget just make it through this. It's going to get better. No, it gets better through the knowledge of God's word. Knowledge of God's ways. Come on, somebody. That, that's the pattern. Not the news, not the you know, television shows, not, not Hollywood. No, it gets better from the, the creator who knows how we're made up. Amen? 
How many with me this morning? Say amen. So looking at the role of father, the scripture gives us some, some appropriate qualities that he should possess. And here's the thing. Uh, the Bible is, is the model. Uh, not, we're not talking about human tradition here, uh, but what a father should be. You know, and, and you know, uh, the worldly man, how many know that the, the world tells you to focus on what? What? What do you say? Success. Wealth, right? Possessions. You know, get, 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 get all more and more of that stuff. And, and, and how many know that we are to be providers? Actually, we're going to talk about that. But, but that's the focus of the world's focus, the worldly man. This is what you are to strive for. This is what you are to be. And it's like uh, in the Old Testament, we see Jacob and Esau. And Esau is kind of the picture of the worldly man. You know, it says he was a hunter. Nothing wrong with hunting or fishing. Amen. There's nothing wrong with those things. But the, the, his focus was totally on those things. That's the pursuit of my life. Right now, I think I'm stirring up some stuff in some people, especially some men. Amen. <clears throat> so, so, and so what did Esau do? He was so hungry. Come in. He goes, give me something to eat or I'm going to die. And, and, and what does his brother do? He, he, made some tra he, he trades his birthright, the spiritual heritage, the thing that, 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 that God placed upon him. He said, I don't care about that. In other words, he, watch this, he despised spiritual things. Or you could say this, he despised things of the church, and the Bible, and, you know, that church. That's just for women, you know. No. <clears throat> The Bible gives us a model, and what a true man of God is, is in the scriptures. How many with me say amen? So, watch this, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, 25, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. You know, you're not going to find it in the Bible where it says, wife, love your husband. Some of you think, I wish he would say it. You know, she should say it. Wives, you should say that. Men need that. They're kind of like, you know, dogs. I don't mean that condescending, okay? But how many of you know a dog, you kind of... In a way, you can mistreat a dog. It's not right. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, right? But if you go, oh, come here, come back. That dog's going to come back, right? Just, I probably wasn't a good illustration. I'm sorry. Uh, my point is, is they need, they, they, they need encouragement along the way and respect, amen? And that man will thrive. Amen, men? They thrive from disrespect crushes a man. It, you need to hear that, all right? Somebody needs to hear. It crushes, it crushes a man when we disrespect. So, but it says this, a godly husband father is one, what? <clears throat> it says, who imitates Christ. It says this, as Christ loves the church, so we are to love our wives. What, what is that saying? That's saying a godly <clears throat> husband and father as one who desires to imitate Christ, as Christ loves the church. So <clears throat> the perfect picture of a godly man, we know who spiritually was not passive, who acted spiritually. Men, did you hear that? Men, God wants you to act spiritually, not just naturally. Not just to get caught up in something, you know, of a justice issue that this is right and we need to be, you know, those are important. We need to stand up for those, but God wants us to act spiritually. We're going to talk about that. You know, how many know when Jesus was in the wilderness and, and he was tempted, what did he do? He acted spiritually. He spoke the word of God in that situation. First of all, he knew the word of God to speak it. Amen, men. Okay? Amen. So you have to know it to speak it. If you don't know it, you're not going to speak it. All right. 
He resisted temptation in the garden. <clears throat> so he rejected that spiritual passivity that, that is kind of in a bent with all men. Every single man from the beginning of Adam, there's just something there that we got to shake ourselves from that because we just, our default is to just to be spiritually passive. Just let the wife take over. Just let the, let, you know, just let someone else do it. No, God wants us to be aggressive in that area, to be courageous, amen? And how many know that when we do that, we can expect God's reward? Did you hear that? God has a reward for you men that go against the current, go against the tide, and act spiritually in your life. So, so how, do, how should we, specifically as men, imitate Jesus? Well, uh, a, a godly man, a godly father imitates Jesus by being a provider, a provider. You say, well, how many know that Jesus Christ is the ultimate provider for us? He provided salvation through his finished work on the cross. And when we repent and we receive Christ in our life, as we give a challenge on every service, at the end of each service, we are born again. We receive Christ. Um, <clears throat> he provides eternal hope to us. Otherwise, we, you know, we wouldn't have that. Hope. How many know hope is still alive today? I know it's not a popular word, but it's true. The Bible talks about how he provides the Holy Spirit to help us in our daily walk. Did you know that? That's what it also means to act spiritually, to call on and say, Holy Spirit, help me, show me how am I to do this? What am I to do today? And so, so Jesus is the picture, I believe, the model of a good provider. But here's the thing. It says husbands and fathers, we are also called to be providers for our home. We provide us for our home, 1 Timothy 5.8. Now, this, is a, this is, seems to be a harsh verse, but I want to just break it down. It said, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith, watch this, and is worse than an infidel. Heavy stuff. And I mean, especially a day and age when men seem to be more interested in providing for themselves than their families. And so, so I, I realize that in today's society, most families have both parents working, it's, it, you know, it, it's hard not to with the cost of living, I mean, I mean it's just the, the day and age we, we live in, and, and so <clears throat> I don't think that's, that's inappropriate. I mean, there's people that preach against it, the women's supposed to stay at home, and come on. I mean, if you're able to, great, and, and you can do that, and, and you're in a financial position to do that, that, that that's great, but it, you know what? Women can work, Amen. And they are graced and gifted and, and, and anointed to do many, many things. And so, so some have stay-at-home dads, and that's a family agreement, and there's nothing wrong with that if there's that agreement there. But, but I just want you to realize that in God's economy, now just, just hear me now, it's pri it is primarily the husband's responsibility to provide for the physical needs of the home, but not just physical. I want to focus more on the spiritual today, amen? And so, so we know that there are exceptions, amen? If there's maybe a debilitating ailment or maybe a crippling disease with the father and he's not able to work in a certain capacity or whatever. Uh, but here's the thing. The Bible, watch this, is providing the model, just the, the model for a godly home, and which is what? A providing father. Once again, not just financially, even though we're talking about this point, providing. Now, does the, the mother not provide anything? Absolutely not. No. The mother also has responsibility to provide for the family. And she provides, watch this, on the same level as the father, but just not always the same way in certain in, 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 in a different fashion. I want you to notice in 1 Timothy 5.8, in this verse, it says, the masculine pronouns used in this verse, he, his, are not an accident. It's there for a reason. 
And what is it there for? I believe it's an accelerant to light the fire onto some men who do not provide for their homes. And I don't mean just financially, that's a key component. The guy's playing video games and there's four kids and the wife's juggling three jobs. Amen, somebody. And he's up to 2 a.m., you know, uh, but he's, wait, he's holding out for management. Something's wrong. Amen? Something's wrong there with that picture. It should be a provider. It should be get up and should be, you know, working, doing something. And so, and so here's the thing. I believe that, you know, we're going to have to answer to God how we provide for our families. Now, the verse says that those who do not provide, that word provide in the Greek actually means pronia. It actually means to foresee. Now, watch this. It says it means to foresee. It means I take thought beforehand. So that should be our posture as men. When we talk about providing, it means I foresee. I take thought beforehand. I'm thinking ahead. Thinking always ahead of, you know what, how can we, uh, to plan, uh, to have regard. And it actually means not just the natural, spiritually. It means spiritually. So I want you to think about this verse. With, oh, money, you know. No, he's talking about providing for his household naturally but spiritually, thinking ahead. How many of you know you just can't take care of your kids financially? You've got to take care of them spiritually. Come, come, I mean, you, we, we cannot be ignorant in this area. That is not just saying everything's going to be hunky-dory if you just have money. No, it's not. Some of you, I don't agree. Yeah, it's nice to have means, amen. But spiritually, Spiritually, and, and really, at the end of your life, it's not going to be, hey, Dad, thanks for leaving me millions, but, you know, no roadmap for life, no spiritual direction, no, I don't even know what it means to be a man, but I got millions of dollars. Thank you. That'll be a nice destructive thing for your life. Some of you go, uh, you don't believe that. But, so, but providing, providing. So it's a spiritual, and it's a wake-up call, I believe, to men about our responsibility as providers. Once again, not just financial security. Spiritual truth. Spiritual truths uh, 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 in godly things is actually what this, this is, the, the, the meaning of this is. Spiritual and natural. Now, let me just say this, and I'm, I don't know, for, for the listening audience, and maybe on Facebook, you here today, those who watch in Channel 181 later on this week, um, I think it's very unfair to put unrealistic demands on husbands in the natural to have it all. Wives don't say amen at this time, or men don't say amen. <clears throat> you know, when you get married as a young person, stay out of debt. Do the best you can. Now, owning a house is a great investment. It really is. So there's certain debt that's, that's fine. But just, that's just my two cents. That's not Bible. There's things, you know. I, I remember our first home we, we built physically did everything, just about everything. And, <clears throat> excuse me, sold that home and, you know, and, and reinvested into the next home. And I think there's just wisdom in that. There's wisdom. But credit card debt is the devil. It's, it's um, you know, it's it's... It's a burden. It's really, it just, and then in the moment, and some of us had that personality, and I remember I had my first credit card. I had no credit, zero credit. Help your kids establish credit if you can, okay? You know what, help, help, help them, but, but be, use wisdom in that. Because <laughs> some of them will be real dedicated and real, you know, uh, uh, virtuous with that, and some of them, whoo, 
you know, and, and it could be dangerous. But, but you know, just use wisdom in that. But I remember the first credit card, we, we, we didn't have any credit, zero. And how many, you really can't do anything. Can't rent a hotel, can't rent a car, you can't, you know. You can say, hey, listen, I got cash. I don't want it. I want the credit card because we're going to come back at you if there's a towel missing or something. You know, it's just, so my, 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 my point is, is that I, we had nothing. And I wrote this company and, 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 and they sent us our first credit card. I don't know, it was like a clothing store or something. And we were in Dallas, and I got $300 worth of credit. So we went out, and I think I bought Ronda a coat, and then we paid that off, and then a few months later, you get more. And then I find out that they were for, like, abortion rights or whatever, and I'm like, what? Dobson came out against this company? Oh, so I cut it up, and <laughs> I said, no, I can't. You know? Then we got another credit card. Anyhow, so my point was is that stay out of debt. There's certain debt that's good, it's okay, you know, but you gotta use wisdom in that. So what am I trying to say? Don't, there's unrealistic demands uh, to have it all, uh, you know, especially when it comes time for the holiday seasons. Come on, somebody, you know, woo! You know, if you know that you're able to take care of it that month, I mean, this is real practical stuff. Some of us adults go, yeah, no kidding. No kidding, Pastor Mike. But this young generation, they just need simple, simple things. How many with me still say amen? So, so the godly father, the husband, in, we should be, uh, as a provider, uh, not just, once again, uh, physically, you know, naturally. Those, those are a given. Those are important and, and within your means. I mean, if your kids have clothes and, and, and they have, uh, you, you take care of them, their health, and they have a place to sleep. I mean, you're providing. You're doing a tremendous job. You know, most of the world lives in poverty. Most of the world lives on less than $2,000 a year. Did you know that? Yes, they do. You know, the support that we give as a church to these missionaries there, um, the average is about 100 bucks a month. We are super, super blessed here in America. Never forget that, amen? So, second thing, very quickly. Uh, how do we imitate Jesus? Really practically, we are to be a protector. It is Jesus' responsibility, we know, to protect his church, even though the church has been attacked, is being attacked again, and we'll go through seasons of attack, but it's his job to protect his body of believers. And times the church went underground for a season, and but the church is still here. 2,020 years later, amen, come on somebody, the church is still going. And even though we had this pandemic and keep us away, the church still found a way, amen? So God makes a way and actually reached more people through the online and through, through uh, internet. And so he protects us from God's wrath, which will be poured out on sin. The Bible says that uh, God protects us from eternal separation. Uh, uh, he protects us from overwhelming temptation. Second Corinthians says there is no temptation that has taken you, but such is common. But God will make a way. Somebody shout make a way. Every single temptation you have, young man. God has a way for you to get out if you want it. If you want it. And what do you say? Well, a lot of times I don't. Why? Because you don't want to. <laughs> That's all. Your sin is more exciting and tantalizing than the following God's word. Amen to that. Amen. Let me just move on. Jesus is the model protector. All right? So when this verse says, as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, what is it saying? It said it's referring to the divine protection given by Christ to the church. And so it's, it's interesting how deep you can go with this if you think about it. The Bible is telling men to have a love, watch this, that runs so deep they are willing to give their own lives. Wow. 
to protect their wives. And, and I actually believe it even extends to the family. First Timothy 5.8, you could also include providing security for the family. And so, so that is part of the role, being a protector, being a protector. And so Peter, he writes in 1 Peter 3.7, he echoes Paul's comments in his epistle, and he says this in 1 Peter 3.7, husbands likewise dwell with them, the wives, with understanding. Somebody shout understanding. You need to underline that. You need to memorize that word, men, because right there, that is golden. Understanding your wife, giving honor to the wife as their weaker vessel. Now, right now, if there ever was a verse that angers women's movement, it is this one. What does he mean by weaker vessel? Let me just say this. Men and women are equal, but they're different. Let me say that again. Men and women are equal, but they're different. Men's exteriors are designed to withstand more injury, just in the natural. They're able to absorb, in, in, in some situations, more shock and endure more punishment than a woman's. Now, notice I didn't say more pain, because there's no man in here that can handle childbirth. Amen? And I just think you are stronger. There's no way I can handle that. <laughs> That's why I said equal, but different. So, so and, and what, you know, sometimes this rule doesn't always apply. I mean, I, I, I've seen some strong women, and, and God bless them. I mean, two boys were arguing one time about their father. One said, my dad can beat up your dad. The other replied, so can my mom. <clears throat> it's all good. It's all good. Praise the Lord. As men and women, we are designed very differently. And generally, the male is physically stronger than the two. Generally. Okay? Please, follow with me in that. And so the Bible is just basically pointing out the man's natural tendency to be, be the physically stronger of the two. That shouldn't be insulting to a woman. That's all. It just, it just shouldn't be. But encouraging, encouraging to men, watch this, to realize their God-given responsibility, what? To be protectors of their wives and their families. How many with me say amen? So we should be imitators of Christ in, in this area, providing and, and, and spiritually and protecting, uh, uh, even in the natural, but also, third, thirdly here, the priest. And that's what I just want to focus on as I uh, conclude here in a bit. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.14 that Christ is our high priest. He assures a constant connection with God the Father. The Bible says he prays to the Father or he intercedes. Jesus says in our behalf in Romans 8.34. He comforts us uh, through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so, so as fathers, as husbands, we are called, watch this, to be the priest of the home. Or in other words, watch this, we are called to be the example of, of Christ in the home. Amen. Amen. So what does that mean? That means a godly father, a husband, well, we're talking about God's standard here, should assure, watch this, a constant connection with God. A constant connection with God. You know, if you have electricity, you have an outlet, or something that is, is not working, you can plug something into it, what? It's dead. You gotta go back to the source. You gotta follow, you gotta trace. Something is disconnected here. And man, God is saying, I believe what he's teaching us, and he's letting us know the standard is that men should have a constant connection. You know, in most other religions of the world, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, you know who leads in that? The men. You walk into some of the mosques, and I've seen them, there's hundreds of men getting down, kneeling, praying, memorizing the Quran. Why is it in the Christian faith that men just seem to be passive spiritually? Just, just throwing out, why is that? 
We're going to change that. Amen. In our generation, we are turning that around. With this younger generation come up, bringing up strong men and women. You know, a great testimony, and Angie helped discover this, and she's doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Thank you, Angie. Sorry for embarrassing you and pulling you out. But she's did the statistic in our church and all the members, and we got like an average age, and she'll probably talk about this. Uh, we're down to like 26 is our average age. And my wife's actually talked to other women pastors in the city, and they said, how do you do it? Because a lot of churches are older congregation. They're retiring. We've got so many kids. I think we've got close to 40 kids under five just here in the church. Hey, that's a lot of life. Amen? That's a lot of babies. Amen? That's a good, that's a good sign. Amen? I'm just honored by that because I'm 55. I got no hair. Amen? So I don't know what it is, but God must be here. Amen? In spite of me. Amen? So... I just lost my whole train of thought, gotten off on that. Uh, so it's, it, it, you know, let me just say this. Man, it should not be the wife's, or, you know, responsibility to lead spiritually. Amen. That doesn't mean, oh, I'm not called to be a preacher, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know. No, just to be a spiritual leader in your home. That is the most natural, normal, masculine thing. Not according to the word. You heard me share one time. There was a guy that got saved uh, in this church, and but it was his other church. He was being stirred, and he actually brought his Bible. You've heard me share this before, and and he he just was being stirred, coming out of a certain denomination. He goes, "I got to bring my Bible." This was years ago, twenty something years ago. And he said, "I brought it to church, and the friends that I hung around with, the guy friends, looked and went, what are you, the preacher today?'" They ridiculed him. What, what, you, pre- what, you get your Bible today? What are you, Mr. Spiritual? They insulted him from bringing his Bible to church. Something is wrong right. with that culture. There is something wrong That's with right. that culture. Something's wrong with that. So, how many with me say amen? Priest. Priest is a home. And, and so, it's, it's not the wife's duty to get all the kids up. Wake everybody up on Sunday morning to get to go to church and kick the husband and, you know, flip his bed over. You got to get up. It is the husband's job to get up. Praise God. This is the day that the Lord has made. He's like, well, I'm tired on Sunday morning. Well, what time did you go to bed on Saturday night? Amen. Uh, but, but, you know, it's like, oh, I work. Yeah, we're not talking about that. But, but, how many with me say Amen. I didn't mean this to digress about this message. You know, one of the things when my wife, she told me, I was like, you know, what was it about me? You know, why you picked me? And, and I won't list all the other great qualities, she said, but, you know, back then. But she said this, and it, was, and it really spoke to me. This was the one I remember that means the most, most to me. She said, while we were in Christ of the Nations, and I knew of you, and started to like you, or whatever. I'll let her articulate that someday. But she said, you were over there on the corner, and when worship was up, as a man with no one else around, you would worship God. You Come on, somebody. You just, you just had, I wasn't trying to put on, I love, you know, with or without her, I was serving the Lord, right? And I was passionate about God. With or without a wife. Come on. All right, that, that, that someone need to hear that. So it isn't like I'm going to get married and she's going to help me along my faith. You know what? Yes, husbands and wives, they are they are there for a reason to help you grow. But come on, there's got to be a root there. There's got to be a seed. There's got to be something there. Amen. 
And so that spoke to me. She said, you worship, you praised God, you were there, you intent, you opened your Bible, you studied, you, you did, you, you were, there was a hunger and there was a thirst. See, I'm not talking in the naturally doing these things. I'm talking when you truthfully are born again and you're saved, you know the Lord, God does something in your heart, men. He does something in your heart. And you may feel like a snail, and you may feel like I'm just going really slow, and other men seem like they take off, and they're, oh, they're just real spiritual. You may feel like a snail. That's okay. You know, you'll make it. God sees it. There's a hunger. There's a thirst. Priests of the homes. Amen? Priests of the homes. And you know, actually, in 1 Corinthians 14, 35, it actually says something interesting. The Bible says that if your wife has a general question, now, there's a background in this verse, I won't get into all of it, about her faith, she's supposed to ask the husband first. And what was happening there, if you read the commentators, you can go back, and some of the priests or you know, the scribe would say something and, you know, or in the synagogue, and the wives would be sitting on one side and the husband's the other, and she would say, you know, holy, what does he mean by that? And, and he would say, shh, quiet, you know, it's this disruption, that, that's why. Doesn't mean women can't speak in church. Amen? Does that mean like women should shut up? No, women have the anointing of God in their life. And we can learn something from women. Amen? And God has graced them and gifted them. And we believe that and preach that here. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, but, but the point is, is that there's some general things. Now watch this, that, 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 that she should inquire and just say, hey, honey, what, what about this? You know, what's your thoughts on this? And, and so what does that mean as husbands? We need to have an answer. That doesn't mean we have to have an answer for everything. We say, you know, I don't know, but let's dig in this together. Let's find this out together. Amen. But if the Bible that she bought you 15 years ago is still sitting on the shelf and the gold has not been popped through the pages and it's full of dust, you haven't been reading it. Amen. Said that with a smile. So... So, uh, you know, a lot of times now with the answer, we have Siri, we have Google, and we have Facebook, right? It's the Holy Spirit, the second Holy Spirit, right? So, <clears throat> what am I trying to say? We not only have to have the responsibility of our own connection to God, but watch this. As men, we are, to, we are to keep our family tapped into the things of God. You know, that's one of the questions that was asked at this conference that I did, this Zoom conference with these men and these pastors and leaders and in and, and, and that role. And, and I just thought, you know, you're not going to be a perfect man. Neither am I. But you know what? Your kids will see and model. You're still in church today. All of us have stories that we just like to say, you know what, we raised this child, or we went through a difficult time, or we had a crisis financially, amen? You know, and, but here we are today. That's the answer, that's the key. Consistency, consistency in the word of God. How many with me say amen? And so, but, <clears throat> you, you know, we can't force our kids, we all know that. You know, we can't force them into the things of God, but what we can do is this. We can sure make it easier for them by us staying connected and keeping them connected. You know, it's amazing, and I find it, and I've seen this in youth pastoring for a number of years. My wife and I, that the families that brought their kids to church, that that brought them into children's church, that got them into youth group, and, and albeit whether children's or youth or even the Sunday service, no one's perfect, and no teacher is, only the Holy Spirit, and but they got them in there and they got them in the word of God and those kids went off and, and maybe, you know, made their own choices and was painful and was hurtful. And, but you know, I've seen some of them turn around and say, you know what, I remember when I was in a youth camp. 
I remember when I was in a children's camp. I remember God got a hold of me. See, you cannot negate the power of the spirit of coming in and being a part of, and you doing your role as a husband and as a father, getting your kids around the things of God. How many with me say amen? I'm almost done. And so, so that's what that means, a constant connection. It means a godly father, we should intercede for our family, and that means to pray. Now, just not just pray, Lord, bless him, or, oh, he's got a fever, or she has a fever today, or, you know what, his knee hurts, or his ankle hurts. Those, that, that's a given. That's a given. Amen? We are to be thinking of our kids, and this challenges me, too. I mean, my son, we just had a wedding a few months ago, and, and uh, he's married off, and and uh, he's, he's happy, and he, he's just, you know, newlyweds. It's a wonderful time, amen? And, but I miss him, you know? I'm just telling you. But he's married, and, and, and she's a beautiful, godly woman, and so thankful for God bringing her into his life. But you know what? I, I still pray for them. I just go, you know, Lord, bless you know, Zach and Maddie, and Lord, just increase them. Give them, Lord, just show your favor on their life. Come on, somebody, amen? They're married off. They're in their own household. Doesn't matter. I'm still going to pray for my children, amen? Just, uh, so I, I bless them, and I speak peace over them, and uh, Lord, your divine favor, and Lord, just open up, you know, just do something unique in and through their lives. You can still do that. Even if the son or daughter may be wayward or whatever, still pray for your kids, your prayers, they continue to move. Amen? So, and uh, John 16, 8 talks about the comforter and the Holy Spirit. I'll bring that up in a moment. But as a godly father, there's a part of comfort. Comfort. Um, the word translated comfort actually means one who walks besides. Did you see that? One who walks besides. John 16, 8. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will pr pr prove to the people of the world that they are wrong. Interesting verse about sin and about what is right and about God's judgment. So that's the, that's the role of the comforter. And so a godly father, a, a man, husband, should be a man who stands with his wife and his children, someone that they can count on, someone that they can count on. Now, we've all made promises that we haven't kept, and that's painful, isn't that right? But if you say something and do something, you, you need to follow through with that with your kids. Can you say amen? But the scripture also indicates that the comforter, what? What does he do? Watch this. This is the truth here I'm going to get into. He reproves of sin and righteousness. Did you see that? So the Holy Spirit is our comforter, the dove, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us, who, you know, who's there to comfort us. But the Holy Spirit also is to tell us What's wrong about sin? What's right about God's judgment? In other words, the comforter's role is to tell us what is right and wrong and to help us in that. And so as a godly father, that's part of our role, not in a legalistic, an angry, not in a judgmental, come on, amen, but in a loving way as a comforter and graciously uh, share that. And so our part of our role, and this is for both parents, not just the husband, a godly father and mother is to discipline the children, to biblically correct. In other words, what am I saying? I believe the scripture is saying this. It's up to you to explain to our kids what's right and wrong. The church can come alongside and help with that and deposit within that greatly, greatly. But it really is your role when your kid asks you, Dad, Mom, what about so-and-so, whatever? I don't know, I don't know. Ask your mother. Amen? We should have an answer. 
If we don't, say, hey, honey, I'll, I'll get back to you right quickly. You know, find something low, get a verse. Where, you know, like, okay, what does that? Well, help them in their walk of faith. Because in that moment, you don't know 15 years from now when they're in a crisis situation and they're ready to choose something that could be really detrimental for them that they remember, Dad said this. Again, this moment. I've seen it happen, church. They may not appreciate it now. But they will someday. Proverbs 23, 13 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you discipline them with the rod of correction, they will not die. He said, Well, uh, you know, that's the antiquated Pastor Mike and all that. I don't really want to get in all that. But you know what? Sometimes discipline is the greatest love a father can show to his child. That's all I'm going to say about that. Discipline. Discipline your kids. Show them what's right and wrong. And, you know, there are ways that, you know, things have changed in our society. But I still believe the word of God is true. The word of God is true. And so, you know, I, what am I saying? Don't ignore your kids when they're little. Don't let your wife do all the parenting. You know, all kids act up. Come on, somebody. All kids manifest, right? All, you know, all kids go crazy. I don't care if they're good or, you know, compliant or not. All kids, all kids, my kids, all kids act up. And that's where we get to step in as, as, a, as a father in godly role and, and parent them and, and discipline them. Amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. So we talk about priests of the home. We talked about a number of things with priests of the home. So I would venture to say here today, and many of you listening by Facebook or maybe listening to the audio here, that many, many of you men, many of you, you're good fathers. Good fathers. And, and you love the Lord. You're doing the best that you can to provide for your homes, to love your children dearly. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Wonderful, wonderful church men that, that love God. But, but the question I just want to leave with us today, and this is a challenge for all of us men, is this. How many of us men are heeding this verse being the priest of the home? See, that's really the pinnacle. That's really the heart of what God is looking for in men, when we talked about men in their role as husbands, being the priest of the home. And, and so going a little bit deeper, this may be convicting, but it's all right. How many of us could honestly identify ourselves as the spiritual leader of the house? Wow. And I get it, you know, there's, it's easier for some women just to flow in spiritually and they have a depth to them and, and, you know, we're not, you know, wives you need to, let me just say this, a loving wives you need to be sensitive about that, that, that your husband, he, he may not be where you're at spiritually and not to be condescending to that. Can I get an amen, wives? Don't be condescending, you know. He's just not, I wish he this, or I wish he that. You know, let's start praying for those husbands to become with God. But there, you know, this is a challenge for men today. Right there. Spiritual leader of the house. Every head bowed, please. That's our mission. It's not easy. It's not easy. See, man, God has a purpose for our lives that is way better than the pursuit of the next bigger thing. God has a purpose. We see Jesus as the ultimate example of a father. And here's the thing, and I hang on to this too. Watch this. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves me even through my mistakes. Every male, every husband, we have made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Even as a father, a dad, 
But you know, one of the things that just heals me is, you can look up, I, I just receive, you know, my kids, they, they post these things that uh, sometimes I wish they wouldn't about me and, and, and do goofy things with my face, but I know they love me. But my daughter Mariah, who's in the Marine Corps stationed in San Diego, uh, sent me a care package and some Marine memorabilia. Amen. <clears throat> and, but she sent me this card. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it because I, I believe it's a, it's it's the most precious thing to me more than a plant, more than a duct tape roll. Come on, somebody! More than a, a gift card going to whatever restaurant, more than a, a vacation going somewhere, skiing or water skiing or whatever you laying on the beach and. Uh, more than a million dollars, having everything, and, but I lost my family. This is the most precious thing to me. In spite of my failures, my shortcomings as a dad that she knows all about, right? Come on, every child knows. <clears throat> I remember you blew it. You messed up. You said what you shouldn't have said. Come on, man, right? They know you. But see, this heals me. Happy Father's Day. but she does. You're the most amazing, caring, kind, and loyal man I have ever known. I can't put into words how much you mean to me, Dad. I thank God every day for you and for the relationship we have today. I pray that one day I meet a man like you. I'm so grateful for all that you do for your family. And for us kids, you have loved beyond words, Dad. I love you always and forever, Mariah. That's gold to me. Even when I have fallen and made mistakes as a dad, and we all have, to have a child that knows me as all of my children could easily write and have written stuff like this. It's so precious. And men, God has that for each and every one of you. Oh, I screwed up. I did this so bad. Your kids will forgive you. You just need to stay consistent. Every head bowed, please. Jesus loves us men through our mistakes. So how how do I become the priest of my home? Well, it begins, number one, with getting right with the Lord. You're here today and you, you're not right with the Lord. You're backslid. You're away from God. You know, you know where you're at spiritually located. You're, you're like Esau. You're just chasing, pursuing things. The next new boat, new lure, you know, whatever fishing. Ah, this is the thing. Whatever it may be, that's your pursuit. You wake up every day, that's on your mind, and you're thinking, God, you know what? This is so foreign, Pastor, what you're saying. It's like on another planet. No, this is this planet. Jesus came to earth, and he was the model and the picture of a godly father. And that, men, is the pattern of a godly man. 
Are you going to fall short of it? Absolutely. I'd be the first to step in line in front of all of you. I have, I have fallen. I have made colossal blunders. But you know what? There's grace and there's forgiveness there to begin again. You're here today and say, Pastor, I, I'm away from God. I need to get right with the Lord. I want to pray. Lead us in a prayer. If this, if you, uh, this resounds with you, maybe even on Facebook or, or whatever here, here live with us this morning. Pray this prayer with me to get right with God, to begin again, to be the priest of the home. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, we're here to help you along your way, help you grow to become what God has called you to be, to walk through life with you, through the good times, through the difficult times, the challenging times, through the times of crisis. That's what we're here for, to be with you, to live life together. That's what God called us to do.